welcome back to our Golden Twenties podcast. My name is Tegan and I'm joined with my co-host Sadie and we are here. Not video, (laughs) audio only. (laughs) We're having technical difficulties. Maybe there's something in the stars that's preventing you from seeing us this week. But like we said a couple weeks ago, no matter what, we will be here audio wise. So mm-hmm. we're here yes. and we're ready. We're here. <laughs> yeah. And maybe there's something in the stars, but I think the biggest problem I was just telling Tegan, first of all, guys, the problem is me. Who here is surprised? Probably nobody. <laughs> I always say Tegan's our audio tech expert of the podcast and I just show up for the vibes. But I, yeah, definitely need to update my whole computer to get our system where we like or the software we use to record the podcast to get it to work and I was just telling Tegan I've literally had alerts on my computer for months being like don't forget to update hey it's time to update and pretty much every single day I hit remind me tomorrow and I just never have done it Mm. and it's never been a problem up until today go to record the podcast probably the most important thing I do on my computer out of all of the things that I do and it's like nope Remember how we told you to update not and today. you chose not to? <laughs> mm. Yep. So anyways, this is my bad. I apologize. But we will be back at it next week. Yeah. I'll update my computer tonight. We'll be back to business. Yeah. It feels to me like a metaphor for like self-care or something. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, that, you yeah. just keep putting off self-care and you're like, it's fine. I've survived so far. And then, yeah, I don't know. 100%. And I just said to Tegan how that's just kind of how my brain is right now where I'm like, I just need like a whole yeah. system reboot where I could just like download a new operating system and just refresh myself. Mm. How great would that be? Wake up tomorrow and be like, wow, we're better than ever. Let's go. Time yeah. to party. But anyways, yeah. not to start this week's episode on like a down, down note or being a downer, but that's what's going on. Keeping it real with you guys. <laughs> And a reminder to update your tech. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this week we are talking a bit about travel because I know that Mm -hmm. for both Sadie and I, travel is something that I would say is very important to us. We value travel a lot. We prioritize travel, I think, quite a bit. Maybe not as much as other people, but maybe more than other people. And I feel like travel is one of those things that can seem very unachievable in your 20s. We all know that, you know, starting out on your own, it can be hard financially to just like pay rent and pay for food, let alone travel. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how we prioritize travel and make it a thing that we do in our lives, as well as some different like ways to travel that might be cheaper or more expensive and that kind of thing just so that if you're someone who I don't know maybe you're thinking back on the past year because we're getting into that time and you're thinking okay in January I said I wanted to travel it's November now and I haven't gone anywhere we can kind of give some ideas about how to make it a priority I think yeah I love that so much and I couldn't agree more how you really have to 
decide where you put your money in your 20s when you don't have amples yeah. of money. But I feel like travel especially is something some people put off where it's like, I'll travel once I retire. You know, like once I retire, mm-hmm. that's when my life starts where I can just travel the world right. and live free where my mindset around it I think travel is so important in your 20s and obviously I'm pro travel like Tegan said it's important to me I value it so that bias is going to be very prevalent through this whole episode probably but (laughs) I will try to keep an open mind but all this to say I do really think it's important to travel in your 20s because as we know your 20s are all about figuring out who you are what you want to do with your life what you value the type of person you want to be And I really think your experiences when you travel can really shape you into the person, like you can experience things that you couldn't otherwise experience, if that makes sense. And that can really Mm -hmm. influence who you are, how you see the world and how you show up in the world. So that's why I love to travel. just gives me so much perspective outside of my day-to-day grind and, you know, the city that I live in and Even just the country that I live in shows me different ways of life. And then I feel like that really has influenced the person that I am and my outlook on life. So I do think it is something if you're like interested in it, but it just feels like you were saying, Tag, unattainable or if it's something that you're pushing off to someday. I think, Mm -hmm. I hope anyway, this episode's interesting for you where you're like, huh, I've never thought of it that way or... This just gets you hyped to travel, even if it's not a huge trip. It's just somewhere different to see something different. Yeah, I totally 100% agree. I feel like travel is a great way to like improve yourself, to learn about yourself, to learn about the world, to gain like empathy for people who are different than you. I always remember being like small and coming back from vacations and, you know, getting into my house and being like my whole house just like looks different it feels different and then it's like but nothing's changed here it's that's like I've changed and it's just like magical and especially in such a short amount of time like we've been on weekend trips before I've been on longer Mm -hmm. trips and it's like no matter what I feel like it can be a big like life-changing experience yeah 100% I couldn't agree more Well, let's maybe talk about what we were just saying about how to prioritize travel because, like I said, there's a lot of expenses when you're in your early 20s. You're maybe not making that much money, maybe not making Mm -hmm. as much as you deserve. And there's also like a lot of things that could be taking your money, things that you could be spending your money on. And so the first thing that came to me or that came to my mind rather was like deciding how you want your life to look. And so if you want to travel, it's like you have to decide, okay, I want to travel and come up with a plan for that and save for that. And that means you might have to make sacrifices in other parts of your life. And so maybe that's that you're not going to buy a home. Maybe it's that you're going to live with roommates because you'd rather spend more money on travel. Maybe you're not going to buy a car. Maybe you're not going to Uber or you're not going to buy designer clothes. You're going to save for travel. And I think that that's kind of the main thing that came to my mind. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's how I managed to travel because my 
spending priorities are quite non-traditional where I don't care if I rent, you know, for the rest of my life for an apartment. Yeah. Where like, for instance, I'm not saving up to buy a home one day because that's not mm-hmm. important to me. Like I would rather rent an apartment for the rest of my life and still get to travel along the way, you know? So it yeah. is definitely a personal thing. And like, I think there's a lot of people who would disagree with that and be like, no, you should like cover your bases and, you know, you should be saving in your twenties and, you know, putting the money that you do have towards very practical things. But again, for me, I'm like, no, I know traveling fulfills me Mm -hmm. and I get a lot out of it. So it's definitely something that I prioritize and probably one of the only things that I'm like, actually consciously saving for not just like stashing Mm -hmm. putting money in savings being like oh this is for a rainy day it's like no this is money that I can use for the next trip that comes up totally yeah I think another thing is sort of considering if there's big milestones or pricey things coming up like Christmas is right around the corner I don't traditionally travel like November, December, because I know that Christmas is expensive and I save my money for that time. Same if you're going to university, maybe you're saving up for tuition. Is it the best idea to spend all of your money on a trip? I don't know. That's up to you and your values, but you know, it's person dependent. Same if you're, you know, expecting a child, maybe you're saving for that. If you're trying to buy a house, if you just bought a car, those kinds of things. Yeah, totally. And I feel like I kind of look at this on like a yearly level when I'm trying to decide, you know, which trips do I want to take this year or next year? And this can really dictate, you know, the budget of those trips. So it's like, like you were saying, Tag, if it's like, okay, I need to buy a new laptop because the operating system update I'm about to do doesn't work, (laughs) (laughs) then it's like that's now, you know, 1200 bucks or whatever that I need to spend on something when that could be like a $1,200 all-inclusive trip. So I do definitely think this is something that can really dictate when you travel, how you travel, where you're going, that sort of thing. I also think on the work front, when you're considering your budget, it's also considering how much time off you have and when you can actually afford to take a vacation time-wise because a lot of these big milestones that we were just talking about also might eat up some of your vacation days and we know that Mm -hmm. those are limited for most of us working corporate gals. If you're somewhere where you have unlimited vacation, I'm jealous of you. However, at the same time, chances are you probably don't actually use more than the two, three weeks that everyone else gets. But all this to say, I think that's also a key thing to think about is as much as you need to prioritize and manage your money to accommodate travel, you also need to manage and prioritize your time to accommodate it as well. And Mm -hmm. making sure if it's a big trip, you know, you don't actually need those vacation days for other things like your sister's wedding or, you know, the holidays, like taking two weeks off around Christmas time. Like you really need to decide what those days are going to be used for. Totally. Yeah. I think that if you've come up with the plan that you want to travel more and maybe taken a look at your vacation days and figured that out, If you're at that point, it's then time to start saving. I know that my bank has like built-in saving features and you can set up like what you're saving for, 
my bank also has a feature that's like every transaction it rounds up and then the change gets put in its own savings account that kind of thing but I also think if travel is important for you you can find a credit card that gives you points that are travel based and what I do is I save all my points just for travel I don't use them for anything else because I find that that can be a big help also like signing up for your travel rewards for every single flight you take, every hotel you book. For the most part, I don't travel enough for those rewards to really be worth anything too exciting, but you never know. I still take the points Mm -hmm. where I can get them. And kind of along those lines, you should try and stay loyal to an airline to try and build up those points within reason. Obviously, if you find a crazy deal on something it might be worth it to you to go to a different airline but that's usually a sort of like best practice when it comes to collecting points yeah and I think even like a lot of airlines are affiliated with one another so it's like for instance if you have Mm -hmm. WestJet points here in Canada you can also probably collect them on Delta flights and I think it's KLM flights in Europe like they're all partners in the sky or whatever they call it where (laughs) their loyalty programs work across the board but this is actually one thing I need to be better at is making my points work for me because it really Mm -hmm. is kind of leaving money on the table if you're not taking advantage of your points you know and I'm like such a points person when it comes to my grocery shopping like I'm the first person to like text my mom as soon as I get like tens of thousands of points at the grocery store that day. I'm like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, guess how many points I got. But I really do think I could do a better job just on like my credit cards and like things that I'm already using, making those work harder for me or more more smarter for me, I guess, and benefiting travel specifically. I know Amex is a big one and you get so many perks with Amex where my friends who have Amex are like, girl, what are you doing? Just apply for an Amex. And I need to do that because I do think it could be worthwhile, but yeah. Yeah. I also, I've been playing with the idea of an Amex or getting like a card affiliated with my bank that's specifically for travel. But it's just the upfront cost that I'm like, I know that if I'm smart about it, it's worth it, but I just haven't. Yeah, I know. I'm the same way where I'm like, wait, but there's a fee associated to this. Yeah, $600? Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And going back even just to the basic savings too, like, I think people might feel funny about contributing like monthly or however frequently to a savings account that's not for one of these like traditional milestone investments Mm -hmm. or splurges you know like it feels normal to save for a house it feels normal to save for a car but outside of that again it feels like I'm just saving for a rainy day you know so I think I just want to like normalize regardless if you're prioritizing or value travel or if you prioritize that designer bag designer clothes everything else that Tagging was just talking about at the beginning of this episode, I feel like it's okay to open up a savings account and contribute to yeah. it, contribute to it regularly, no matter what you're saving totally. for. So let's just normalize that because I do think I just recently started doing this and 
probably more so for my Bali trip because that was like paid in monthly mm-hmm. increments and made it way more uh, realistic, I guess, considering my budget situation and income at the time. But as much as I love to travel, I think to do it in my early 20s, it was always like, I'm going to book it, I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to figure it out later. However, the worst is coming back from a trip and being like, actually, this is like financial stress. Problematic. You know? Yeah. Yeah, this isn't good. So I think, you know, it's okay to do that once or twice to kind of learn your lesson, but I don't think that is the way... If you actually want to travel, go on big trips, travel often. I don't think that should be the case for every trip that you take. And that's coming from experience. But yeah, just wanted to voice that as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I have lots of friends who are like, I just book trips and put it on my credit card. And that's a future me problem. I cannot operate (laughs) in that that space. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely have to have, you know, the money in the bank before I spend it. But it does bring up a good point, too, that what travel looks like to one person might not be what it is to someone else. And I think we're going to get more into this later. But it's like for some people, travels like you got to fly first class and you're in the big hotel and yeah. you're there for two weeks and you're in Europe. Some people travel is like an Airbnb at the cute little town that's an hour away from you. And mm-hmm. all of that, I think, is valid, too. And so if you're feeling like I want to travel, I don't have the money right now. There's no amount of time where I'm going to be able to save the money right now. I think that there are also ways to kind of change your mind around what travel looks like. Maybe it's a road trip and it's a road trip to a place where you can hike for free and that's your little day. Maybe it's a staycation and, you know, you're paying 150 bucks for one night at a hotel, but that's a lot cheaper than 1500 bucks to for your flights alone to Europe or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's like travel is kind of what you make it too and I feel like you can fall down the rabbit hole of like there's always places to visit and there you could always be spending more and always be treating yourself more especially now with social media like we had this summer where it felt like everyone was in Europe like everyone was in Italy yeah and oh my goodness it was like why am I not in Italy what happened but you know everyone's you know finances look different and it's really easy to make a post about you know your sick travels and to see it but it all looks different for everyone and all of this is I think valid if you're looking to travel yeah and really I don't think you need to go far to get that like perspective and empathy that we were talking about you know like it could just literally be traveling from Toronto to Montreal and all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm even road tripping to Montreal, like you were saying, Tag, sticking with that idea, like Montreal is very French and we're not in Toronto, you know, like you can see a whole different culture within just a couple hours drive essentially. So that's maybe like a different case since, you know, Montreal is very French and like different province, whatever, maybe in the States, that's not the case. But I feel like even in the States, that would be the case where you could literally drive from one state to another. And it's like a totally different landscape, totally different, you know, mentality and like 
feel to it. So I really do think you could still learn a lot from yourself or learn a lot about yourself and experience something totally different without traveling too far. Definitely. I think on the same sort of wavelength of deciding how much to spend, you can also be deciding between if you're going to do one big trip or multiple small trips, or maybe you're using most of your vacation days just to stay at home and relax. And you're using a couple for like a long weekend away. We've done like, I've actually done a couple weekends to New York city and it's like significantly cheaper than a week there. And yeah, you know, that can be a way I think to save money as well. Yeah. And again, I think this is really big on the managing your time. Like if you're going Mm -hmm. to Asia, for instance, and you're coming from the US or Canada, it's like, okay, you're going to probably need like a good week or two there at minimum because it's such a big time difference. The flight is so long, like you lose a day or two in traveling alone. So you obviously can't do that in a weekend. But I think for me, again, when I kind of look at what trips do I want to take this year or start thinking about next year, I really start to think about that where it's like if I have one specific place in mind, for instance, say I want to go to Bali, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a yeah. two-week trip. I'm probably not going to you know, have time off or, or sorry, vacation days or money to do many other trips versus being like, okay, yeah. the destination I really want to go to this year is New York or Boston Mm -hmm. or even Costa Rica is really high on my list for 2024 where it's like that's not that far away where I probably don't need that many days therefore I can probably do multiple small trips so yeah definitely something to think about and again it it's influenced by how much budget or how much time that you have yeah and like we were just saying there's you can make travel work within lots of different budget levels obviously Mm -hmm. flights are more expensive than driving long flights cost more long flights to exotic destinations cost more here in Canada well actually flying within Canada is also very expensive for some reason and so it's like sometimes that's the decision making factor into where you're traveling I've visited like U.S. towns significantly more than I visited Canadian towns because it's way cheaper to fly to yeah. the U.S. here. And yeah. it's like your style of accommodation. Are you staying with a friend? I think that that can be cheaper. And that's a lot of trips I've been on. If a friend's going uh, to be there or a friend lives there, um, that makes it a lot easier. Same with like, are there all inclusives? Obviously, that can make things a lot cheaper because you're not paying for food and drinks. And even just like the price to exist in that place. I've been to Hawaii before. It's very expensive because it's an island. Mm -hmm. Like you you can't go to a different restaurant to find something cheaper. It's all the same price because you're stuck on an island compared to, I don't know, some places in the U.S. can be super cheap, especially for us Canadians crossing the border. So you can kind of pick and choose and create, I think, a perfect trip for pretty much any budget. Yeah, totally. It's so funny that you mentioned how expensive it is to travel in Canada because I don't think people really realize that like outside of Canada. 
And mm-hmm. people also don't realize how big Canada is. So like, for instance, to yeah. drive from Toronto to Montreal, I know I just talked about doing a road trip for that, but that's like a solid six hours without any traffic. So that's like a yeah. day, you know, traveling. For Toronto to Vancouver, that's like you need literally days or it's a seven hour flight, yeah. I feel like. So I think it's seven hours, maybe five to seven hours, depending on the time difference. But anyways, I was going to share with you guys that in 2018, it was my first solo trip. I decided I'm going to go to San Francisco or Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to San Francisco because the round trip was like 380 bucks versus yeah. the trips I was flying from Tr- Toronto to Vancouver were over 700 bucks round trip. And the funniest part and not funny haha, but funny as in like, this is so <laughs> stupid, is that my flight actually laid over in Vancouver. So I was stopping at Vancouver mm. on the way anyway, but I would have paid double had I stayed in Vancouver, yeah. you know, so doesn't make sense. But that's literally how I decided I'm going to San Francisco was just because yeah. it was cheaper than the other, you know, destination I had in mind, even though it was in the same country as I currently live in. So <laughs> Yeah. So silly, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I know our flights to Hawaii are we've gotten cheaper flights to Hawaii than it is for us to fly to Nova Scotia. Which right? I'm like, listen, that's I know Nova so Scotia insane. is great, but I guarantee I would pick Hawaii ten times out of ten. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I think it's also like you were saying, Canada's bigger than people realize like on a map it looks like similar-ish to the U.S. but yeah it's not it's pretty dang big yeah 100% so funny I think though we've talked so much about you know okay now maybe you're figuring out where you want to go you're figuring out your budget you're figuring out some of those ways to make it more affordable but I think something else that's really important to think about is how you want to travel. And this can also influence Mm -hmm. where you go or the way you experience it. But I think growing up, I think a lot of people or some people, if you're fortunate, travel with their family and that just becomes a normal thing is like once a year we take a family trip and maybe that continues into your 20s, especially if you're like an older sibling with younger siblings, like you know, that's very fun. Or traveling with friends can be really fun, especially when your friends start getting married and there's bachelorette parties and, you know, things like that. But I think that's the first way you think you can travel, but you can actually travel a lot of other ways. And I'm a huge advocate for those other ways, including solo travel or with a travel group. So I thought we could just walk through some pros and cons of each of them because there definitely are pros and cons to all of them. And again, just to kind of get you thinking about, oh yeah, you know, I do want to travel, but nobody wants to go to this place with me. So I've just written it off. You know, it's like if you Mm -hmm. value travel, you have a place in mind, there's a way to do it. Let's try and figure out how to make that happen for you. Yeah, 100%. The only way that I've ever traveled has been either with family or with friends. And part of that is because I've been in a long-term relationship for 10 years. So it's like we would always be traveling together for the most part. And I find that that's really nice because it makes things cheaper, especially if you're splitting things like hotel rooms. Yeah. It's, you know, 
significantly cheaper. And then it's also someone else that you get to experience this with. I find that like if something goes wrong, it's so much nicer to have someone there to help you figure this Mm -hmm. out. If you get stuck somewhere, someone else is there to hang out with you. It's not you by yourself. And, you know, it's someone else to sort of like plan with and book excursions with and that kind of thing. Obviously, the cons are as like, I'm sure many people have traveled with family before. It's like, you don't travel well with some people or you don't Mm -hmm. like mesh with some people. Your traveling styles are different. And there's also the element of you're not just planning a trip for yourself. You're planning a trip for a whole group of people. If you're going somewhere maybe that you've been before, but someone in your group hasn't, it's like you're hitting up the tourist spots that you've already gone to. I've been to Times Square every single time I've gone to New York City. Do I want to go to Times Square? No. Am I in (laughs) Times Square? (laughs) Yes. And so it's like that's sort of a part of it. And on the flip side, I've traveled with people who have been to like the destination before and then it's like, they just want to hang out at the hotel and like catch up where you're like, yeah. well, I want to go like experience all the things that are here. So there's that element where everyone's their own person. Everyone has different priorities. And then mm-hmm. you're kind of having to deal with that on top of like just the stress of traveling. Yeah, 100%. And I think like even before you get to your destination, you know, it's just a lot of people to coordinate where it's like, what hotel do we want to stay at? Even if we all have different budgets, you know, like some people are like, let's do hostels. Others are like, nope, we're doing boutique hotel. That's like super cute rooms and worth the splurge. You know, like I think it's just really hard to align on some of these things, even aligning Mm -hmm. the dates like that's literally why I took my solo trip where I was like, I have a, well, there's a few reasons and I'll get into it in a minute, but it's like booking time off. You know, people are so protective with their time off, which you need to be, but everyone's managing their time and managing their money the same way we're telling you, you need to, if you want to travel as well. So it's like, you know, getting everyone to commit to a day and, or commit to multiple days. And I don't know, I feel like it's just so much coordination where if you have a group of people that you travel well with, I do feel like this mm-hmm. is great, you know, where you can save so much money, but you definitely want to make sure it's people that you mesh well with that will enhance the trip and not just ruin it for you because that's also the worst totally. thing. If you go all this way and you're with people that drive you insane and it ends up ruining the trip. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that goes into the second way to travel, which is on your own. And this is so scary sounding. I am well aware. However, do it once and you're going to feel so liberated for all of those reasons I just said. Like literally, I've really only gone on one solo solo trip, which was my trip to San Mm -hmm. Francisco. And I was scared shitless the whole time because it was exactly like you were saying, Tag, where it's like if something goes wrong, There's nobody here. Yeah, it's just me. I think in hindsight, oh, sorry, this was also my first connecting flight. So like I said, I laid over in Vancouver, also laid over in Calgary 
one of the ways. I think on the way there, right. I laid over in Calgary, Vancouver on the way home. But I was like, what happens, you know, if I yeah. my flight is delayed? Like I've never done a connecting flight. So just moving mm-hmm. through the airport, I'm stressed about. But what happens if I miss it? Then I have to do all of that on my own. But I was like, no, the whole reason I'm doing this trip is to push myself and challenge myself mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, I need that experience and I need to yeah. be able to rely on myself and be confident in myself. So after going through all of that, I literally felt invincible where I was like, I feel like I can do absolutely anything now that I've traveled on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, obviously, it was just San Francisco in the state. So it's like it was the same language. It was the same like similar culture. Like it really wasn't yeah. a culture shock at all where traveling somewhere that was a totally different language would have been a much different story. But it was still scary traveling on my own for the first time. But really the pros, you're on your own agenda 100% of the time. You can literally do whatever you want to do. For instance, I wasn't staying out late. I was like, I got up early, would go out, get Mm -hmm. my little baked goods for breakfast and coffee, tour around, and I'd be like home after dinner and just literally watch friends in bed, you know, from like 9 p.m. onwards, (laughs) like where some people would maybe want to you know, go out and it's like, okay, I guess I'll do this even though I don't want to. So really, I think that's the biggest pro is just being on your own agenda and you don't have to make any sacrifices. Like you can literally do whatever you want to do and the way you want to do it when you want to do it. I also think you're most likely to meet other travelers when you're traveling on your own. And I think people view that as a scary thing where it's like, oh, God, there's an increased chance I'll get like kidnapped or, you know, something by traveling on my own. But I feel like there's also a really positive side where you can meet so many other solo travelers or even just like locals. I feel people are much more likely to come over to you or strike up conversation if you're by yourself. And while that can be scary, it can also be a really great thing as well so wanted to put that out there too especially if you're somebody who's like very social and like looking for that experience when you travel I also feel like it can open yourself up to like the magical like moments of travel because it's not like you have to coordinate a big group like you hear about this cool event that's happening. It's not like, well, let me text the group chat oh we had planned that we were gonna go look at the like it's like okay Sure, I'll do that. You know, it kind of opens you up for the magical possibilities. Yeah, like you can be so spontaneous and just do whatever the heck you want. I'll also say that probably one of the other things I was most stressed about traveling by myself was up until that point, I've never ate at a restaurant by myself. And I felt like really insecure and weirded out about that. I was like, I'm fine to, you know, eat at a bakery or a cafe by myself, but to eat like a sit down menu, like sit down meal by myself, I feel weird Mm -hmm. about that. But it is so freaking efficient when you're by yourself. Like I was at this really popular brunch restaurant and the reviews were all like, go early because they don't take reservations. And there's like a two hour line as soon as they open. So I went early and everyone was, you know, waiting in line. And I was like, okay, it's just me, one person. They're like, oh, we can just squeeze you in, you know, at this table that literally nobody else could fit at with like more than one person. But I like skipped the line. My food came in like 20 minutes. It was so fast, Mm -hmm. so efficient. And nobody 
felt weird about it or was like looking at me, you know, like it was all in my head. So it feels like a con, but it's definitely a pro. (laughs) Yeah. I would say though, speaking of cons, obviously we touched on it in the pros of traveling with your friends is that it's more expensive to travel by yourself. You don't have somebody to split, especially accommodations with, but even, I don't know, other things that you might split. I also think uh, it can limit where you go due to safety concerns. Like if there is a country you're really wanting to go to, but human trafficking is really like a threat there, which it can be a threat anywhere, but you know what I'm trying to say? I think it's like, okay, you know, there's probably certain spots that you shouldn't go by yourself or even if it's in a safe area, like safe uh, city, but there's bad neighborhoods, like – you shouldn't go out at night in Chicago, for instance. Like, that's an example. It's like, okay, if I'm by myself, I really want to make sure yeah. I'm not in the wrong place at the wrong time since it's just me. So just something to think about as well. Yeah, one of the, like, number one places on my bucket list that I desperately want to go to is Egypt. But my husband has, like, no interest in going. But I don't know, I don't believe that it's a safe place to solo travel as a woman. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like (laughs) now so torn up about it because I'm like now I've just got to convince him because I've been doing research and they're like, if you go as a woman, it's best to go as a group and then you shouldn't go after dark and you should always have a guide with you and then it just becomes more and more expensive. And so again, like you were saying, it depends on the destination if like I would feel comfortable going to like New York City by myself because New York City to me just feels like Toronto and I wander around this place by myself all the time but it's dependent on the city and then that can really drive the cost up if you need to have like a guide with you at all times Mm -hmm. that's going to be expensive because you're paying a whole other person to be with you and then it's like sometimes it makes more sense financially to try and make it a friendship trip or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. So I think our last way to travel could be a good option for you, Tag, because this Mm -hmm. is something like, I don't know if I already said this, but this is why I started solo traveling was because I was sick and tired of my friends, especially as my friends got into relationships, like everyone became Mm -hmm. so noncommittal around travel and it got so hard, so hard to coordinate schedules and, you know, places we all wanted to go. And I was like, so what? I'm just not going to go, you know? So that's why I was like, nope, I'm going to travel on my own. And then when I went to Bali, I went with a travel group. So I did sign up on my own. However, to your point, Tag, it was like a really big destination where I was like, okay, I don't want to do this completely on my own, especially in Indonesia. But even though Bali is quite touristy, but I was like, how can I do this without having to convince one of my friends to spend, Mm -hmm. you know, X amount of dollars on this huge trip that maybe they don't even want to go on because it's not important to them. So what I did was I went with a travel group. It was called The Girls Trip, but there's so many other travel groups out there, probably even better ones to be completely honest. I'm looking at a trip with Kentiki, but I know there's also G Adventures and there's probably so many others that... I don't even know about, to be honest, but Mm. um, my sister's done an Asia trip with G Adventures and she really liked it. And like I said, Kentucky is high on my list for my next travel group. But I think the pros of this is that you can sign up by yourself. And if you're talking to your friends and they're like, oh my God, that sounds so awesome. 
be like, here's the link. You can sign up too. You know, it's like you can sign up with multiple people or by yourself and but it's not dependent on other people signing up with you, if that makes sense. Like, great. If you can come, great. If you can't, I'm still going to go, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think another great part is you do get that local guide for probably mm. all these travel groups, actually. So yes, it might be a little bit more expensive, but it does include that guide who is a local to the area. They can show you around. They can give you, you know, the inside scoop. They're trained to teach you everything about everything that you're seeing on your trip. And I really think you can actually get way more out of it than just going to a tourist destination on your own and being like, whoa, okay, I saw the sites, but I didn't learn any history or the significance of it. Like you have that guide with you. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of the time the trip or the travel groups include travel between cities. So for instance, Kentucky, I was looking at a Europe trip and they went to, I forget how many cities, but the like train between cities was all covered and coordinated through Kentucky. So that is you know, a uh, stress taken off of your plate, even with the experiences and the itinerary, you don't really need to book any of those things. Obviously, it depends on the group and the like package that you buy. Um, some might only cover basic things with add-ons. Others might cover, you know, a lot more. Even when it comes to meals, I know a lot of places or a lot of travel groups will book the accommodations for you. And sometimes that includes all the breakfasts and maybe sometimes some of the meat, or some of the dinners, but not all of them. So again, I do think there's obviously lots of, or it can be a lot more expensive, but you get a lot more out of it at the same time. Yeah, totally. I was planning to go to Egypt um, when, with a travel group and then they changed the like travel advisories to say that Canadians could no longer go and I got my money refunded oh, but <laughs> one day I will go we're gonna reignite this dream of yours to get yeah. to Egypt it'll happen one day but I was going to say one con is that at least for the trip that I was going to go on it was like just a structured trip you weren't picking like, if I really wanted to go see something really specific that wasn't, yeah. like, the pyramids, it wasn't really an option. But I think it's good if you're going to a place, well, like Egypt, where there's, yeah. like, the big obvious tourist attractions that are, like, these are the things you have to see. But if you're looking for something more unique, or maybe if you're traveling to a place for a more personal reason... Mm -hmm. It can be harder to customize it, I think, depending on yeah. the type of trip you're on. Yeah. And I was thinking about that as a con of group travel as well and or travel groups, I guess I should say. And I don't know. Yeah. I do think it really depends on the company because I think a lot of the yeah. time they do have, you know, the big attractions covered in the cost of the trip. But to your point, Tag, maybe – they're missing some of those peak ones that you really want to see. But I do think there's oftentimes a lot of free time or, to be honest, yeah. a lot of things like Kentucky, like this is all adults here. You know, I think they're – I forget what their age range is for the groups, but I think they have trust in you to go off yeah. and do your own thing. But that's not included. Your transit there and back isn't included. You know, like it would take a little bit more work. And you might be missing out on something that you paid for in the core package that you purchased. But 
I don't know. I do think it could be a con though, is just maybe not getting full say over your itinerary. I also think it's similar to what we were saying about traveling with friends and family where you have other people and they might be killing the vibe some days or they might be, mm-hmm. you know, people that you don't really travel well with, especially since you don't know these people, you don't know what you're signing up for. The big beef for, sure. for the girls trip when I went, we actually had to share a room and in some cases share a bed with a like another girl and again we were all signed up as like complete strangers and I was fine with it because I was like this is kind of part of the experience I feel like like just bonding with a group of girls but I also understand how sharing a bed with someone you literally just met that day is very weird yeah not normal (laughs) so (laughs) I do think you know this can be a con of it as well and in like our case we didn't really choose our roommates you know we just we're kind of assigned them based off – I don't even know what we're. it was based off of. So there is a chance, what I'm trying to say, where you're not going to like the people in your group, but right. there's a chance that you're really going to like it. And to be honest, I feel like that's actually maybe more the likelihood because everyone signing mm-hmm. up probably has the same intention and like mindset. They all want to travel and see this place that you're going to, and they're probably hopefully all coming with an open mind. So you could actually end up making some really good friends from this trip as well totally but anyways i'll stop rambling now i think it's very obvious that i'm again biased towards solo travel (laughs) or traveling Mm -hmm. with like a travel group because i'm like if you have dreams you need to make them happen let's not depend on other people (laughs) but anyways i thought a Great place to maybe wrap this up. If we have inspired you and maybe to book another trip or book your first trip, maybe a great place to start would just be like rapid fire things that you should keep in mind before you go. So maybe this is before you even book the trip or you have the trip booked and you're like, okay, what is the checklist I need before I take Mm -hmm. off on my flight? So maybe let's just work through what that checklist looks like. Yeah, definitely. The first couple of things that came to mind for me was one to book time off work ASAP. I'm the kind of person that when I know my dates, I'm booking it off. I don't care that it's six months away. I'm letting you know so you have time to prepare. I work with some people who don't do it and then they're like, oh, everyone else in my department's already booked off that weekend, but I already have my flights booked. I'm like, nope, never going to happen to me because I'm booked out a year in advance. Yeah, And so that's the first thing I do. I'm also very pro like checking out Pinterest, reading guidebooks and stuff and making a general plan or list of must do's, especially Mm -hmm. if it's a place I've never been before. I love a good guidebook especially for things that I'm like just don't want to spend the time looking into like hotels I will get the guidebook if it says stay at this hotel I'm like sold booked say less (laughs) I also think setting a budget early can be good sometimes I do this where I'm like very strict with it sometimes I just look at my bank account and I'm like yeah I can swing it But I do find that if you have a set budget, it gives you a guide on what to splurge versus what not to splurge on. Like Mm -hmm. when we went on our honeymoon, we had a set amount of money because it was the money that was gifted to us at the wedding. And so we knew that we could get the $500 massages because we had the money in the budget that we had planned to spend on travel. And so 
those were the first couple things that came to my mind. Yeah, I love that so much. I feel like once you know how much time you have, you know where you want to go based off what you want to see, you know your budget, obviously you need to book your flights and accommodations. And I feel like Mm -hmm. as soon as you do that, you should check your passport expiry and also any entry requirements for the country or city that you're traveling to. And this is really because these two things can make or break if you're getting into that country and they also take a long time to get what you need or they can take a long time to get what you need to get into that country. So passport expiry, some countries actually won't let you in if your passport expires within six months of your trip. So it's like it's still valid, but it it expires in six months. Like these are things you need to research and look out for because you might show up at the airport in Indonesia, in Bali, and be like turned away, essentially. Same with entry requirements. What I mean by this is visas, vaccines, literally anything that is recommended or necessary for you to get into the country or to, you know, stay in the country for a longer period of time. Make sure you get all of that because all of these things are government dependent and we know that when we need them in a hurry – they take their sweet ass time. So <laughs> do look into those things as soon as your flight is booked. And I would also say if there are really popular museums or restaurants or attractions that you want to go to, book those as soon as you can, essentially. Like for instance, when I was going to Bali, I stopped in Amsterdam on the way and I really wanted to go to the Anne Frank house. And a girl that I worked with at the time was like, you need to book that like months in advance because everybody mm-hmm. that goes to Amsterdam goes to the Anne Frank house yeah. and you can't just show up and get tickets the day of. So I actually booked those, I think in January when my trip was in March. And even when I went to Mexico just in October, I wanted to go to the Frida Kahlo house. And my friend was like, we need to get tickets for this like months in advance. So as soon as we booked our flights, we got the museum tickets and just prevents any disappointment once you're actually there. Actually, in the Mexico example, the girl in front of us was trying to buy tickets for the day of, and they're like, ma'am, mm-hmm. no, like maybe come back tomorrow, but you can't yeah. just buy tickets right here, right now. So definitely something to consider. Totally. I think sort of aligned with what I was talking about, about looking on Pinterest, but it's like, figure out these places you want to go come up with a list like we're planning on traveling to New York City we have like a combined little list of things we're doing or I know some people pin them on like their Google Maps I've seen that before you can also download your map for offline I think it's also good to figure out your phone plan when you're there Mm -hmm. because sometimes it can be really expensive if it's just like the roaming thing that's happening where sometimes if you call ahead you can end up getting something cheaper figuring out what money they have there and getting that money in advance I'm so bad at forgetting to do this and then I have to exchange my money at the airport which I've heard is like Mm -hmm. the worst and it's so expensive expensive. but I'm like yeah I'm here so (laughs) this is what's happening so yeah that's another big one yeah and this one too like here in Canada probably everywhere um you can even order whoa i cannot speak order (laughs) foreign currency 
um, at your bank. However, some of it mm-hmm. they need to actually order and they don't just have on hand. So it's like for us to show up at the bank yeah. and be like, hey, you know, I need 100 bucks US. They're like, here, no problem. But if it's like, hey, I yeah. need, you know – some sort of exotic money they might need to order it in but they can get it for you but even there's foreign current foreign currency why do i have such a hard time saying that (laughs) places like all around that again will give you a better rate than the airport i heard the airport they'll charge you like the obviously um exchange Exchange. fee then they charge you like another fee and then on top of that they Mm -hmm. also charge like an airport fee so that's just too many fees to get money <laughs> seems so silly. Yeah. I think another big thing, I feel like I'm saying all like the really nerdy things, but if you're gone for a long period of time, something else that I think you should try to plan for as far in advance as you can is somebody to come by your house if you need them to. So if it's somebody to check on my cat and like arrange a pet sitter, also If you are, again, going away for a long time and you need someone to come water your plants or you just want somebody to check Mm -hmm. in, make sure things are okay, bring in your mail, maybe flick on a light so it doesn't look like, you know, you've been gone for two weeks. Like I think trying to coordinate that with somebody is something you should do. Basically, same thing you were saying about work tag is like give people a heads up. I think the same thing goes for this. But Outside of those boring things, my favorite part of any (laughs) trip is to plan my outfits. And Mm -hmm. the checklist for this is to first check the weather at the destination that I'm going to. I feel a lot of people don't do this. (laughs) But I'm like, this is how I decide what to pack, if I need an umbrella, what shoes to pack, if I need one coat or like three coats, you know. So this really influences what I pack. And then I also really create like a capsule wardrobe essentially of like shirts, bottoms, one pieces in terms of like dresses or, you know, jumpsuits that I can wear a whole bunch of different ways. Same with my accessories and my jewelry, my purses, shoes, like things that essentially I can make a whole bunch of different outfits with only a handful of items. That's really what I try to do for my outfits when I travel. And then I take a picture of each outfit just so I have like a visual of, oh, right, I could wear this shirt with these pants or, you know, gives me an idea. I also, I'm obviously type A personality, but I also like (laughs) to sometimes create my outfits. When I say sometimes, I mean all the time, create my outfits (laughs) with days or kind of like a loose itinerary. So it's like, okay, I know I'm going to go to this museum this day. This is a good museum outfit and I'm going to need running shoes Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be walking all day versus I know I have a really fancy dinner this night. So I need to have a nice dress and heels for that. So I think that's another way to uh, plan your outfits. And then last thing on the whole outfits piece, actually two more things. I when I actually go to pack them, I swear by packing cubes. If you don't have packing cubes, I definitely recommend you add them to your Christmas list this year because they're just that much of a game changer. And oftentimes when you get packing cubes, they also come with like little bags, one of which typically is for laundry, or at least that was in the set that I got. And if not, also just want to remind you, don't forget to pack a laundry bag so you have somewhere to like throw your dirty underwear or like dirty socks or something. So it's not... Mm -hmm just floating around with all of your clean clothes in your suitcase. Yeah, totally agree. We love packing cubes. We have like a little laundry bag that folds up really tiny so that 
yeah like on the way there it folds up and then it becomes giant when it's filled with all your dirty clothes and they are game changers especially at keeping your room clean which i think can be key if you're in small little cheap hotels totally Another thing I really like to simplify and kind of create a capsule collection of is my skincare. So we know how much I've been into the skincare and makeup the past few years. So traveling, now that I'm really into that stuff, has been a totally different (laughs) ball game. But what I have learned is to reduce the amount of products that I take. So for instance, I might use a two different serums, one at night, one in the morning, but it's like, I don't need my serums if it's just a weekend trip. You know, I'm good with a makeup remover, cleanser, moisturizer, SPF, done. Don't need the fancy stuff. Even when it comes to my moisturizers, I'm like, rather than using two different ones, one for night, one for day, I'm just going to use the same moisturizer, you know? So I think finding ways to simplify and then also obviously focus on the essentials like your toothpaste, maybe you need shampoo, conditioner, body wash if you're not staying at a place that provides that stuff or you need your own stuff I think just focus on your essentials and simplify the rest and don't forget that you need to pack your liquids especially in your travel or your carry-on travel bag they need to be in a clear bag and of a certain size so look into your allowances and whatnot ahead of your trip as well Totally. I think another thing that can be good is to make sure all of your tech is updated, charged, and ready to go. And this can mean like clearing space on your photo roll, um, updating your phone plan like we talked about, making sure like your AirPods are charged and things like that. Sorry, taking it back a little bit, just I kind of like skincare realm. I also love to pack a emergency kit and maybe this is so mom of me but I'm like I need Advil gravel Benadryl band-aids like if something comes up if I all of a sudden you know have this new allergy come up when I'm in some exotic place I've never been before I need to have Benadryl so I can you know manage that Or if I wake up one day not feeling well I have Advil a whole bunch of different things so I really recommend you also think about, you know, putting together a little kit to have your back in future situations, regardless of what that looks like. Even for like us gals, I think also throwing in like tampons, even if you don't think you're going to get your period, it's like, I'm literally ready for anything with my little emergency kit. Always makes me laugh, but that's what really cultivates the travel vibe for me is like I have my little bag of liquids, my little emergency kit, my packing cubes. I'm like, okay, here I go. (laughs) But anyways, outside of that, also pack the fun stuff as well. So this is, you know, having stuff to do on the plane or when you're relaxing in your destination, if that's a book, if Mm -hmm. it's a magazine. Also, Tegan mentioned AirPods, like that is a non-negotiable for flights for me so I can listen to podcasts, music, watch shows, a reminder to download all of those ahead of time. I also have like very sensitive ears and sinuses and stuff going on over here. So I need like gum on the plane when we're taking off and landing. So I make sure I have tons of gum, snacks, like literally anything that you're going to need for the plane. Yep. Love it. Uh, You can check into your flight 24 hours ahead of time. This has been like a big 
game changer for me. I have like all Same. the airlines apps and stuff so that I can like yeah. check in. Usually you can like pick your seats. I find that if I don't check in ahead of time virtually, my like seat's gone or it's like you're not in an assigned seat. If I'm in a group, it doesn't matter. So that's a big one for me. I'm like usually on it. Setting mm-hmm. the out of office reply at work is another big one. You don't want people to be bugging you when you're on vacation. I also like uninstall all work things from my phone when I'm gone so that it's not that I would be like tempted to look, but it's just easier for me than trying to turn off notifications for certain emails and that kind of thing. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. I love that so much. And even like downloading your boarding pass, like saving it to your Apple wallet, having it handy in your airline app, Mm -hmm. like anything that's going to make the airport experience smoother. This is maybe like overkill, but something else I do, which I don't think anybody else does, but I was trained to do this way back was writing down like literally on pen and paper where I'm staying if I'm going somewhere that's like going to cross customs because they're going to be like, where are you going? Where are you staying? Mm -hmm. Why are you going? Like in any time where I'm like, I feel like there's a chance I'll get overwhelmed and like trip over my words and then, you know, you blank or you space, whatever. You can't think of how to answer the question. It's like you just have it all written down where you literally just need to reference that. I don't know. That's maybe, like I said, overkill, but something that I do. And yeah, I feel like we covered it all. <laughs> it was so a many lot. things. <laughs> yeah, people are like, yeah. hey, wait, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. But we just had so much to say about this. I'm getting so excited. I feel like I have a trip coming up, but I really yeah, don't. We're talking. Not until February. Yeah. yeah. My sister's going to Denver next week, and I'm so excited for her. Mm. Or the week this drops, actually. She's probably on her way in just a few days. And I'm, like, so excited for her. And I'm, like, can I come? Like, I feel Denver this time of year would just be so cool. But anyways, I'll live vicariously through her. I love a good airport. I'm, like, even if I get behind a truck that's diesel and then it smells (laughs) kind of airporty, I'm, like, ugh, wish I was at the airport right now. And meanwhile, I'm like, I know people who hate the airport. They're like, this is my most stressful place, especially like if you're scared of flying. But it is just such a vibe to me. Like me arriving at the airport means my vacation has started. I'm either getting a coffee or a drink. I'm going to every shop. I'm spending my (laughs) money. I'm reading a book and I'm like, I'm here. The people at Pearson are like, ma'am, relax. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Me too, Tag. I can't wait to travel with you again in February. (laughs) I think it's going to be so fun. But, okay, guys, like we said, we have literally talked your ear off with all things travel for pretty much the past hour. So thank you so much for listening. You have no idea how much we appreciate you listening in every week. We drop a new episode every Tuesday, so we will talk to you then. However, in the meantime, you can keep up with us on social media at Our Golden Twenties. That's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. We have Spotify playlists, and we also have a Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. We also put exclusive content up there, so just a good time. Check us out there. And I think that's everything. So we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.